It's Matthew 18, verses 15 to 20. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by the Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. My favorite movie is called The Ninth Tale. Does anybody have seen that? The Ninth Tale. You're one person, two person, three person have seen it. Third, fourth, you have seen The Ninth Tale? Five is you. How many of you? Come on. Have you seen The Ninth Tale? Anybody seen The Ninth Tale? Yeah. It all begins with a man. There's a young man there. I really, whenever I remember The Ninth Tale, I remember that. That little guy. And his dad, there's two generations, they are, they are not from the nobility, they are poor, they are from the street, from the bush, like myself, and they are watching uh, just, uh, just from a sport event. But now this little kid is wishing that one day he will be able to compete and to fight as a knight, just like the heroes that he sees there. And he asks his dad, he said, Dad, given the fact that they cannot, they don't qualify, they are not of a nobility, they don't qualify. He said, Dad, can a man change his star? Can a man change his star? Can a man change his situation? Can we change our impoverished situation? Can a man become better? Can somebody transform their lives? Is it possible that the poor can become rich? That the weak can become strong? Is it possible for the weary to become strong? Can a man change his star? This morning I want to talk about negative scripting and their impact on our lives, again, as we continue a series, our series on the atmosphere of change. We all live by script. Script are the internal stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and about the world and about other people. Chances are your relationship with somebody it has been destroyed because of the scripting inside you, the story you tell yourself about them. Uh, or the story that you tell yourself about yourself and about the world around. We all have stories, stories that have come to define us and stories by which we define other people. But some of us find ourselves at the crossroad of life that certain things, certain issues, we just don't seem to be able to shake them off our lives. It's amazing. Some people, depending on the family you come from, 
If your family lives, maybe have a certain set of malady, you tend to inherit some of those stuff. Can a man change his style? Can we overcome the negative script that has been spoken in our lives? The Bible says this, the following, and I, I, I love that, Ephesians 6, 12, he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Let me read it again. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. What this scripture is saying is that your struggle is not just physical. That you may win a physical battle and yet lose it because the real fight happens in the spiritual realm. It's describing the spiritual battle that is op operating in each and every one of our lives. So our struggle is not just against flesh and blood. So even though we may live in a great developed country, we say we don't believe in the work of demons, the, 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 the demonic is at work even here in this place. And so we are called to be reminded of that, that our struggle is against flesh and blood. Just to illustrate uh, how negative scripting can actually condition us, uh, I remember a year and a half ago, a year ago, as I went to, uh, to Banff for a conference, uh, and during the conference, it was a beautiful conference. We sat in this room, we ate, and we listened to some interesting speakers. And then, uh, uh, I think you should have known this story, but if you heard it, you will hear it again. And so, I, uh, I, 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 in the middle, around 10 o'clock, I decided to just go and get coffee. And so, I was going from the place where we were meeting, the conference room, to the kitchen uh, to, well, to, to buy something and eat. And as I was walking there, suddenly I saw a cop. And not only a cop, but it's a cop with his gun drawn and pointed at me. So suddenly I said to myself, oh my God, there's a white cop with his gun pointed at me, a black man. I am dead. So I put my hand up. What do you do? Put your hand up or you fall on the floor. I didn't want to be killed and slaughtered for nothing because I didn't think I was guilty of anything. But in my brain, I said, what did I do to deserve being arrested by a cop? What did I do? Why did they pull a gun on me? Why? And so part of me, so inside in my head, a story begin being told and it's like, my goodness, I've been caught. It's a country that is thriving on, uh, maybe on discrimination. It's a country. So basically all the negative script that I heard from the dominant story of the day, the cancel culture of the day, uh, which they just say and, and actually set white against black green against yellow and set us against each other. So that story that culture said is telling my head. So I put my head up and I see him do this. So I said, what does he want me to do? Certainly he want me to run so he can shoot me from the back. So I can't run now. So in he, like that. So what am I going to do? So I'm frozen in time. And part of me, as I was there frozen and facing this man, who is very, very rude to me, it seemed. And I said, why is he against me? And then I think something, it was like, a, like the Spirit of the Lord told me, just look back, just look in the back. Just look what's going on behind you. 
Sometimes you can be focused on what is ahead of you that you don't notice the forces and the things that are behind you that are chasing you, and the thing that you're carrying. So I, so I, I look when I, and then I saw. It's a black bear. It's a bear that was coming after me. So I realized suddenly the gun that was pulled out, it was not to kill me. It was to save my life. This car, this white car, was not there to take my life. He was there to defend and to protect it. So what do you do now that you have a bear following you? I heard they said normally you're supposed to lay down. No, I take my chance, man. I took off. The problem with bears is that they love brown meat. So, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Can a man change his star? From that day, by the way, I learned one thing. Not everybody is against you. You know, sometimes you can have stronghold in your life. And because of those strongholds, they condition you to see the world in a certain bias. And today's story will address be one of those stories. It's found in, in, in the book of First Chronicle, chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. Here it is. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Hmm? Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel and said, Oh, that you bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Again, he was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him and called him Jabez because I bore him in pain. So Jabez uh, he was born like any one of us. And then somehow in this story, you don't hear much about Jabez again. There's not a lot about him. Uh, they don't describe how he really feels. They don't talk a lot. There's no details about him. But his name just shows up in the list uh, as the author was chronicling the people of Israel. And he was remarkable not because of what he has done. Not because of his accomplishment. We are not told all about his accomplishment. He was remarkable, not because of a speech. Maybe he spoke with eloquence. It was not about that. We, he's not mentioned because he was a revolutionary. He doesn't seem to be somebody who changed or profoundly changed anything. He seemed to be an ordinary man. And yet he was mentioned as an extraordinary person because of one thing. His prayer. Now, the scripture you tell here about his prayer, he says this, Oh, that you will bless me. That's one. That you will enlarge my territory. Two, let your hand be with me. Three, keep me from harm. And I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Over the past weeks, we have spoken about a basic reason why Christian pray. We said, without prayer, there is no Christian life. 
We said that the Christian life, what really makes and defines a Christian life is a life that is filled with prayer and petition. We said that the Bible is literally a book of prayer. We said the church is literally a house of prayer. Second, we said the base of prayer is the fatherhood of God, the sense that God is your father. Uh, so prayer is a communication, it's a relationship with God, it's we communicating to God. So it presupposes that God is your father. Number three, we said that prayer is our spirit gaining live contact with God's spirit. It's about entering into a relationship with him. And we say we pray because Jesus prayed, he modeled prayer for us. We pray because the Holy Spirit needs human to intercede through us. And we said that God created the world with the intention that prayer would be necessary for its well-being. For the well-being of the world, that prayer was required. And seven, we say we pray because of what happens to us when we pray. The kind of spiritual alignment that happened to us when we pray. And so this scripture, the story of Jabez, illustrates precisely that point. It's the story of a man who was born and he was named. He was named when he was most vulnerable. It was not, you know, he was not named when he's strong. In some culture, they name you when you're 13 years of age because your name and your nature just seem to be one and the same thing. So your name and your nature seem to be, say, it's like there's something of correlation between name and nature. So he, he, when he was most vulnerable, he was labeled with his name, Jabez. Jabez meaning he shall cause pain. You know, just imagine what it feel like, what it might look like to hear your name being called Jabez. Pain. Day in and day out, when anybody call his name, it remind him of one thing, pain. Sometimes we can live our lives driven by the pain that we have lived and experienced. We can let the pain of yesteryear define the joy of living today. We can let the pain that we've suffered in our history come and interfere with our present life and interfere with our future and mess up our destiny. We can let the, the pain or the insult or the injury and the label of a past come and interfere with how the quality of life and interview of our community, interview of your relationship. And many of us in our relationship, we are fighting with our wives because of what we've suffered. We have not dealt with our boyhood problem. We have not dealt with our issues, the issue that we grew up with. And if we do not deal with it, if we fail to deal with those old things that took place in our past, what happened is that the quality of our lives diminishes. We don't live the gospel kind of life. We cannot forgive. We cannot let go of others. We live our life looking for the worst in people. We assume the worst in people. But truly, people are wonderful. People are trustworthy. People are beautiful. People are acceptable. God so loved the world that he sent his begotten son. He didn't send his beloved son to the world because we were not sinners. The Bible says, yet when we were yet sinners, Christ came for us. God's presence in the life of someone beautifies him. And so Jabez called on the name of the Lord. 
He cried out and he asked the Lord to beautify his story. He asked the Lord to cleanse his story. He knew there is something spiritual about his name. There was something unique and something profound about where you came from. And that he needed to have God redeem his life because the redeemed life uh, is the only thing that is worth living. And so Jabez prayed. He asked God, where's my life? He said, will you bless me? Just like Jacob, he struggles, Lord, I want your blessing. I want to live the blessed life. And what he was saying is that with that name over me, is towering over my experience of life. You know, he was given that name, he shall cause pain. Well, by someone who experienced pain. Sometimes when you don't deal with your own pain, you define other people by your pain. Like, Jabez was not the one who carried pain. It was his mother. And yet his mother put the name on him. He shall cause pain. So whenever, whenever he was seen, he was defined by that name, pain. Hey, what is defining your life right now? What do people say? Sometimes what is said about us in our young years, what is said of us when we are most vulnerable end up defining us? Sometimes, the, the negative word that is spoken on us, the negative script that is spoken of us is defining our experience of life. We keep blaming the world for it. But truly, the real issue is that we haven't processed and dealt with these. And again, the reminder from scripture is that we are not fighting against flesh and blood but principalities and strongholds and things that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. I wonder what personal stronghold you are tackling with. What historical issues, what familiar spirit do you fight with? What familiar battle do you seem to, to, to be fighting day in, day out, day in, day out? If you don't sort your life out, if you don't process those injuries, those labels that have been put about your name, it will interfere with your life and it will interfere with your children's life. Jabez remind us that we all can do something about our history. You can do something about the names, the insults that have been put on you. Some of those insults have been put on you is unjustly. People know you only in part, and yet sometimes they insult you. They want to define your life in full. And if you begin to believe in those lies in your life, you begin just uh, embracing those lies, those lies, they will destroy you. They make you toxic, unhealthy, ungainly. Jabez, when I read his story, I, for me, what it does for me, it calls me to come and deal with my own, my own issues. You see, just because you were born in pain does not mean you're going to live your life causing pain. It doesn't matter where you have been born. It doesn't matter the disadvantages that you have been enduring in your life. We all are given certain issues that we will fight. But Jabez remind us that our battles and our struggles and our issues and the injury and the insult must not define you. Your trauma need not define you. And my traumas need not define my children. And that I need to live my life in such a way that my own traumatic encounter and experiences do not get copies on other people. 
it does not take away from other people's experiencing the full and blessed life. So Jabez prayed, Lord, that you may bless me, enlarge my territory. He asked for Lord to, 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 to enlarge his, uh, his, uh, his territory, his horizon. Lord, broaden my horizon. Sometime when you've been in pain, you seem to have lost. You, you, you tend to lose perspective of your life. You lose a sense of perspective of who you are, the horizon of personhood, who you are. Who am I? Why am I here? The, the, the horizon of purpose. What's my purpose on, on earth? Why am I in this world? Like, how do I make a contribution, a genuine contribution to the nation? He said, Lord, enlarge my territory. And he said, let your hand be with me. He said, Lord, you guide me. You define me now. I don't want the, the word of my mom to be what defined me. I want your hand to define me. In other words, he's saying, Lord, fill me my life with your presence. Let your presence define me. It's the presence of the Lord that makes a difference. In this story, the only thing that made a difference into his life is the presence of God. That's why he invoked him. He cried out. He said, Lord, be with me. Guide me. Lead me. You see, what the world is looking in us here as a people, as a church, they want to see the presence of God. That's it. When people come here, that's what they want to see. When people come to you, they want to see God's presence worked out in you. And he says, so that I will not cause pain. And so, here's a takeaway from today. And here it is. Because, because I bore him with sorrow, need not be your life's final statement. Our stories transform because he bore all our sorrows on the cross. So if you forget anything, just remember that. Because I bore him in pain, it doesn't need to define you. Whatever people have attached to you, whatever insult and injury people have said about you, it doesn't need to define you. What needs to define you? You are born again. Your old is the old is dead. The new has come. In the new, he bore all our sorrow. The only defense you have is that truth. He bore all our sorrows. When someone insult me and say, Daniel, you are, you, 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 you know, you're not good enough. You know what? I don't need to because he bore my sorrow. I don't need to sorrow about being good enough. Jesus already carried all my sorrow for me. But Daniel, you are a loser. It doesn't matter. Say whatever you want. I'm not going to lose my life. I'm not going to edit the quality of my life for, for, any, for anything or any reason or anyone. You know what? He defines me. And the prayer of Jabez reminds us that only God, in the final analysis, only God defines us. Not our past, not our problems. We live our lives in the context of God's greatness. Not our disabilities, not our disease, not our issues, not all the insulted over our lives. You know, God is master. God is sovereign. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the story of Jabez given to teach us that the negative script of our past can be overcome.
and there can be a cup of a cup of prayer. Thank you for the story of Jabez, one who has transformed his life by his prayer and realignment with you. Today, Lord, we too come to you in prayer. Lord, bless us. Restore the life that is ours because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Restore the real story of our lives that we all have secret names. You have named us, Lord. Release your name over each one of us. Our true name. The name that is equal to our true nature that you have for us. Now, I just want to ask you in your own way, as you take a moment to reflect, maybe ask the Lord to reveal to you what negative script have you been living with? What negative script have you allowed to tower over your life and to define you? Just think about that. What thing, what negative script have you allowed to take over your life? And in what ways is the Lord asking you this morning to let it go and to embrace a new story? One that you don't have to prove because God already proved in Christ. We talk about how we are dealing with spiritual, a spiritual world. It's not all the flesh. We don't deal only with flesh and blood. We deal with principalities, lies, negativities, spiritual forces that are against us, our character, our competency. Maybe too you are saying, Daniel, I think I need deliverance. I need to meet Jesus anew. I want to let go of a negative story, but I'm having a hard time doing it. Maybe you're one who's saying, I just, uh, I see my life more and more. I'm, I'm just under spiritual attack. I need deliverance. I need God's grace. If this describes you, I want you to know that there is hope here. In just a minute, we will have a time of prayer. When you come, we want, you know, we'll love to pray for you. It's a journey. It's hard. But a man can change his star. Prayer makes the difference. 